it's generally accepted investment principle that diversification can reduce your risk and improve your investment returns. I mean, that's, it sounds like common sense, so, right? So the idea is that you don't have all of your eggs in one basket. Pretty much. There are times, however, when property investors shouldn't diversify. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes and say good morning uh, to Kevin Turner, host at Real Estate Talk and Realty TV. Good morning and welcome back to Mix 106.3, Kevin. Morning, Cam. Morning, Kristen. Yeah, it's um, as Kristen said, I think it's, you know, the, the, the general rule of thumb was that you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket, but there are times when you should. And I just wanted to clarify here, if I may, that I'm not necessarily just talking about broad, broad investment principles. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, having said that, um, I, I think you've got to be um, expert in whatever you invest in. As an mm. example, uh, I don't invest in shares. I just don't understand them. I don't follow them. But all of all of our investments are in property. So. Given that that's the case, uh, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. What I am saying is that if you're going to invest in property, you should really make sure that you uh, invest in quality because quality does actually uh, trump diversification. I think a lot of people think to be a successful investor, you need to have a portfolio of 20 properties. I totally I totally disagree with that. Okay. Um, you know, as, as an example, sorry, Cam, but as an example, one property... Nine hundred thousand is going to be, you know, you know, in a better located area, better connected, and therefore, in much higher demand, it's going to be a lot better than two properties at four hundred and fifty thousand in less popular areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, when should property investors? When should they not diversify? Mm. Well, what I'm saying is, you've got to become a specialist in an area. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I think with diversification comes risk. So if you diversify your portfolio, um, and cause the smart investors I know will only invest in blue chip. Yep. And right. that's what I mean about not diversification. No, Understood. No diversification. Yep. Yep. So it, it's not, uh, it, like for instance, um, in our portfolio, we do not buy off the plan. Um, we don't buy NRAS properties. We don't buy anything that comes with a you know what seems like a pretty good guarantee uh, because generally they do fall down. So we tend to look at good blue chip properties in good blue chip areas that are always going to be popular because you've got to think about two things one is it going to be uh, attractive for tenants and two what's going to happen when i come to resell it now blue chip properties will always sell much quicker and achieve a better premium price so that's what i'm talking about okay and uh, look kev a lot of us aren't experts you know what i mean but we might have gotten to a point where we're like you know what maybe we could look at investing in something else maybe we do we have owned our home for a little period of time and we want to look at something new and different so where should we go to learn more well, I, I think it comes down, uh, Kristen, to, to two things. One, you've got to test your own comfort levels. And I think when I talk about that, you've got to... Um, I, I'm not a high-risk investor. You know, I, I would much rather go blue chip uh, and make sure that all of my investments are nice and sound. So I'm, I'm a pretty low-risk investor. So my borrowings um, aren't all that high. You know, we've got a very high, um, a very low loan-to-value ratio. Um, but... You know, having said that, if if that's not your thing, you've got to be prepared to, uh, you know, in our case, we make some compromises. But if you're a high-risk investor, then you're probably not going to worry too much about that. And the other thing is um, bad getting advice. And here I talk about not necessarily a financial advisor, but I am talking about making sure that if you are going to 
buy a property, that you buy it in an area with an agent who really knows what they're doing. Mm. And yeah, sure, I may be talking about a buyer's agent, but let me let me just give you an example. If if you look at a, a property in a particular area and a buyer's agent says to you, look, this is a really good investment property. It's going to grow uh, better than 1% uh, a year above all the others. Now, over a 20-year period, um, a, a property that you know you, you may end up spending a million dollars on is actually going to grow in value by about $500,000. So to me, spending you know, 20 grand to get a buyer's agent or, or even get good advice from anyone um, to help me get 500 grand over a period of time is going to help me in my retirement. Yeah. So that's, that's how I look at it. Yep. You've really got to... You've really got to um, make sure that you get the best possible advice. All right, mate. Well, uh, look, just one other very quick thing. I know you're on time (laughs) here, but um, and I get very passionate about this. I'm sorry. Oh no, that's okay. We can hear it. Cam knows what I'm like. You know, when you are shopping around for someone, just make sure that they know what they're talking about. They know the area they're talking about. Um, and they know the local agents because it's their association with the local agents that's going to get you in front of everyone else and make sure they've seen through these properties. They're not just giving you a desktop valuation and an assessment without really knowing the market. A couple of key things. Every time I say it, Kevin, when we have you on our show, I just sit here making notes and just taking down all the details. All right, mate, it's been a pleasure to be chatting to you again. Thanks so much for joining us.